Well, some good news once again for Albert Einstein, who's been yet again vindicated when it comes to black holes. And look, black holes are, are I think, endlessly fascinating for a number of reasons. But even just the idea that, you know, it was laid out that these should exist well before we had any capacity to confirm that. And indeed, eventually we did confirm that. Uh, now, when it comes to uh, a more specific question about what we should expect to see around and behind a black hole, the ideas of Albert Einstein are being uh, confirmed yet again. Here's the funny thing about uh, black holes, though. Should we ever manage to figure out what's going on inside the black hole? That's where things become problematic for Albert Einstein and, and his ideas. Because as much as he proposed the existence of, of black holes and why they should exist and, and all of these, these factors, you know, deep inside, the singularity inside a black hole is kind of where all the laws of physics as we know it seem to break down. At least that's what we expect. Anyway, this latest research that again confirms what uh, Einstein expected to be there is what goes on around and behind a black hole. Astronomers for the first time ever have detected light coming from behind a supermassive black hole, which is what Einstein predicted. So how do we go about detecting such a thing? And what, what does this tell us about the nature of black holes and how it warps uh, space and time around it. Well, joining us to talk more about this research is uh, one of the researchers involved in this study. In fact, has been studying black holes for some 20 years. Luigi Gallo is a professor of astronomy, St. Mary's University in Halifax. Professor Gallo, thanks so much for joining us here today. Welcome to the program. Hi, Rob. Thanks for having me. Uh, so like I say, I mean, you know, th this has been uh, a focus of yours for a long time. I mean, what, what is it about black holes to you, first of all, that, that are so fascinating that you devoted so much of your life to? <laughs> Isn't everybody fascinated by black holes? I, uh, I mean, so. like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, uh, just, you know, way back when I was a kid, I was one of these kids who constantly looked up at the looked up at the stars and and wondered what was going on and uh then you know actually actually discovering that you can have a career in this kind of kind of field was was just my dream come true of course yeah no kidding um so it, it's it's a remarkable time to be in this field i gotta say as well right so we're at the point now where you know we can detect black holes we've actually seen what a black hole looks like which is is strange to say and and now this latest research that's you know helping to confirm what goes on around a black hole it's it's there's a lot we're learning right now isn't there yeah it's it's a fascinating time to be in the field and and just for astronomy in general not just for black hole research but yeah you're right i mean this this past year we saw the very first image of a black hole um, region around the black hole. Uh, we saw we we using gravitational waves were able to detect black holes that are colliding together and not giving off any light. Um, on top of the research that we're doing right, in the more traditional way, where we're using light as as a source of of information. So it is quite phenomenal the, the progress that we're making over the over the past couple of years. But this is you know this is decades and decades of work that's gone into these results that come up in the news in the past year. 
So this latest research that you were involved in is published in, in Nature. So it, it's, it involves light that would be coming essentially then from behind a black hole. So wh- what are we referring to when we talk about like the back of a black hole or behind a black hole? Right. So the way to think of this is, is um, material that's falling onto a black hole kind of starts spiraling around the black hole. So it forms what we call an accretion disk. So there's an accretion disk on, on if you imagine kind of looking at the secretion disk kind of edge on, there's, there's a side of it that's on in front of the black hole and some of it that's behind the black hole, right? So... In principle, we shouldn't be able to see what's behind the black hole because any light coming from there will just eventually fall into the black hole and never be seen. Mm-hmm. But but what's happening is um, this is where Einstein is is proven right yet again is that the space around the space close to a black hole becomes curved, and light follows that path that curved path. So the light behind the black hole doesn't fall directly onto the black hole, but it actually is able to bend around the black hole and eventually reach us and land and land land on us so that we can see it. And that's what we've discovered in this in this work. This is really the first time that we've actually seen evidence um, that light is coming from the other side of the black hole, not the side right in front of us that we can see directly. Well, and how were you able to do this? Um, it's really kind of interesting. There's, there's, like I mentioned, how the secretion disk of material that's falling onto the black hole. On top of the black hole is is a light source called the corona, and this is this is uh, very bright. This is what we often refer to as being the primary light source, and this primary light source shines onto the accretion disk, and that light then can reflect back to us. But it's not exactly like a reflection in the mirror. What happens is that that light that bounces off the accretion disk actually changes color and it actually arrives at different times. So different colors will arrive at us at different times. What we were able to see were specific colors of light that arrived at us, that arrived at the very specific time that we predicted would happen if this light was coming from behind the black hole. So the predictions that we made using general relativity on how different colors of light should reach us is exactly what we actually saw in the data um, uh, with this object in particular. Now, this object is what's known as a a supermassive black hole, correct? Correct, yeah. And I mean, the the principles are the same here. Yeah, than, than our sun, right? 10 million times more massive. Yeah, 10 million do, times more massive than the sun yeah. now. Do supermassive black holes, do they, do, they, do they operate any differently? Are there some notable differences between a, say, um, run-of-the-mill black hole, if that's the way to put it, and, and what's, you know, these supermassive <laughs> black holes? In principle, no. In principle, a black hole is a black hole, whether it's 10 million times more massive or if it's 10 times more massive than the sun. Um, the, the difference is actually where we find these black holes. So these supermassive black holes that are, you know, 10 million times more massive than the suns are found at the center of galaxies. So the center of the Milky Way galaxy, our own galaxy, actually has a black hole called Sagittarius A star. And it was actually, you know, observing Sagittarius A star that um, 
observers won the Nobel Prize for this past year. So um, stellar mass black holes, on the other hand, which are about 10 times more massive than the sun, these occur kind of in the stellar neighborhood. Um, and they, they're, they're usually accompanied by another star, which is rotating around them as well. So they behave differently because of their environment, not necessarily because they are different objects. Were they once stars? Have they they've collapsed into black holes? Do we know? Yeah, so that's how we think that, that black holes form. Um, the idea that uh, a star, a very, very massive star, you know, maybe 40 times more massive than our own sun, when it dies off and runs out of fuel, it will actually go off in this giant explosion called a supernova or a gamma ray burst, and it, the core of that star wash collapse into a, a, a stellar mass black hole. Um, the tricky part is how do you form these supermassive black holes? Because that is less clear. So, I mean, merging lots of little black holes, eventually forming a big black hole, or perhaps perhaps at the beginning of the universe there were big black holes. So, I mean, like, those are more complicated questions. But we, we think we have some understanding of how to form the stellar mass black holes. And then what do we find at the, the core of it? Is it an infinitely dense dense tiny little marble <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's 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 a completely different realm i can tell you what's going on or try to tell you what's yes. going on outside of it inside of it is a different different beast um mathematically there's a singularity at the very center of it right where 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 all this mass is located and that's kind of the heart of the the black hole um the the event horizon defines the boundary um beyond which light can't escape. So you have an event horizon around this singularity and anything within the event horizon, we, we don't get any light can't escape from there. It's it's like if you were to shine a flashlight from within the event horizon, that light would never escape the black hole. So we can't see what's going on in there, which, which obviously makes it difficult to interpret or, or even guess at what's going on. So in in many ways that's the realm for theoretical physics still is trying to understand mm -hmm. what's happening inside the black hole everything that i'm kind of talking about are are we're looking at the region around the black hole what could what could be happening to the material before it actually falls into the black hole itself so how do, how do you build upon this research where do you go from here uh, yeah so i mean like this is this is really quite a uh, very early stage it's very initial um work here um basically what we've discovered uh we can now kind of eventually the long-term goal is that if we have enough data we can start mapping out what that region around the supermassive black hole looks like right if you can imagine like what we've done here is we've seen one example of the of of uh an echo coming off of the accretion disk. But if you can imagine seeing many, many echoes and being able to distinguish exactly where they're coming from, you can start seeing how you might be able to build a 3D map of what that region will actually look like. So, I mean, that would be the ultimate goal, and we will need, you know, bigger telescopes, a lot more data, a lot more sensitive uh, detection methods and, and theoretical models. Um, so that's that's the ultimate goal that, that we want to go to. But this this uh, this word was also some somewhat serendipitous in the fact that we were actually um, trying to study the corona itself. So we were trying to look, study that light source I mean mentioned of earlier, and we coincidentally 
found these uh, found these echoes happening, and and uh, that's what we kind of jumped on. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done on this, both on on this new discovery, but also the stuff that we were planning on doing with these data to start with. Fascinating stuff. Congratulations on this discovery and uh, look forward to much more in the, the months and years ahead. Professor Gallo, thanks so much for joining us here. Thank you very much for having me and your interest. All the best. Uh, there you go. That's uh, Luigi Gallo, who's a professor uh, of astronomy at St. Mary's University, has been uh, involved in studying black holes now for a couple of decades and uh, finds himself uh, at the center of a pretty important new discovery.